Welcome to another episode of the Driven Minds Podcast. This is your host, Franz Bowie. This is Travis Weeks. Um, we here with a very special guest, um, episode 14, right? You said Episode 14 with a very special guest, the young brother by the name of Youssef Muhammad. How you guys doing? How you guys doing? I'm excited to be here. Great, great, great. Uh, let's let y'all know how, well, well, how we know about Youssef. Um, <laughs> I've been following him on social media for a little while now, and I really was trying to figure out what the fuck does this guy do? <laughs> I'm like, yo, whatever he does, I need to know because this man, you know, we have similar interests as far as booking his artists. That is by, that is by design. That that's the first question that everyone always asks me is, what do you do? Absolutely. I, like, I know, I know you. I know, like they'll start talking and they'll be like, I know you're in music and I know you do things, right? But they aren't able to actually pinpoint all that I'm involved in. They know that I travel, they know that I'm always at you know festivals and things, but they don't necessarily know what I do. And I, I kind of take joy in that. I take joy in, you know, I'm at a concert and everyone's having a good time. I was walking to a random person, like, you having a good time? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Absolutely. not having no idea that, you know, I put the entire show together. Oh, okay. Crazy, yeah. crazy. And like, um, I actually had two mutual friends and um, actually women and, Women will always point you in the right direction, man. My homegirl's like, yo, you guys need to link up with Yusuf. And I'm like, uh, let's make the call. So here he is now. Um, Yusuf, tell uh, tell the people um, what do you do. Tell them what you do right now. How do you make your income? Yeah, so I'm a residual guy. I'm a resi- I'm a, I like to say I, I like to call myself a residual collector. So basically what I do is I like to you know, put myself in a position where um, I don't really have any off months, but... I get the I have the ability of being able to switch up the things I'm involved in uh, kind of quarterly. So you know, from April to October, A3C is something that is important to me. Where I'm booking A3C, um, and you know, I'm a program director there. I started there as an attendee. I went there literally, literally heard about it on set uh, of a music video, went and checked it out, and five years later, I'm the program director. So. You know, that's it's just life kind of you know works like that. Um, and so that's what I do in Atlanta. I do that uh, with ABC. Um, uh, in North Carolina, I book a festival called the Art of Cool. I work as the alternative and hip hop booker for that. It's a jazz infusion. It's a jazz slash kind of like youthful hip hop uh, event in Durham, which really makes the experience really dope because their downtown is like six blocks. Mm-hmm. And so it's literally like you come down there, it's 2,000 people, it's in one space, it's only two days, um, it's Friday night and Saturday, you know, but it's super fun. So, you know, how, how many people normally come out to that? It's, it's starting, so this is the third year. Mm-hmm. This is the third year. Um, last year, it was like kind of the big share. They had the internet, they had Anderson Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, those were kind of like their kind of newer artists that they had. This year, and I, you know, I explained to, <laughs> I explained to her. I said, listen, you know, um, if you bring me on board, you know, well, just from our relationships, it's going to be a totally different lineup mm-hmm. this year. She said, okay, well, you know, go ahead. Or, you know, work your magic. You know, people say that type of stuff all the time. So this year, their lineup is George Clinton, Common, Rakim, backed by a live band, Just Blaze, Gold Link, right. Nao, uh, Terrence was it Terrence Terrence Martin or Terrence Martin Terrence Martin um, he's like a really really dope artist as well and uh, I'm working on some other artists but that seven right there is pretty insane absolutely um, curated very dope for the, yeah the and I mean rock him back by a live band I know you never will see that but and I got him to agree to do a 60 minute sit down conversation wow wow God. You can go on YouTube right now and tell me how many 60 minute conversations you have where you see anybody talking about him. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, you know I mean, so, and I've worked with him so many times, you know, just from, just from relationships. So, I do that, and uh, I'm tying this all back around. And then in New York, you know, I do, I do, I do do some things here in New York. I work with Apple Pump. Um, I work with Hindaloosa as well. Um, and uh, in Las Vegas, where I just kind of literally, I've only been there for Six months. I had seven events. I had an event the first month that I moved here. Two weeks after I signed. Two weeks after I moved in, I had an event, um, and I and and that was really me just finding the my I always call it like finding myself wherever I go. So I found some you know young curators that were out there doing some creative things. I basically came to them and said, "Look, 
you know, I have relationships um, and I have income, I'll come in and I'll I'll basically invest in you guys to you know to see you guys successful. And we did a run of about seven shows. We had four wins, three losses, so we shot you know pretty good for the paint. Mm-hmm. And that's the first year. You know, this is the first year we're going to do it again next year. Is this a, um, a show series or this is more like a um, just concerts, just concerts every month. Nice. Every month we do what venues are you using and what artists are you bringing? In? in Vegas, we're doing uh, we're doing uh, there's a couple places. We have this in the Arts District mm-hmm. that we use. Uh, we have. This, we just did an event with Denzel Curry at uh, Vinyl, which is at the Park Rock Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did the first 40 on Scouts in Vegas. We did the first Money in Vibes in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did OG Macro. We did this guy named, we did a event called the uh, the Jam Nation. And the name of the company is called Jam Nation. They're literally kids. Like they're 22 years old, 22, 23 years old. And uh, I met them via social media. Right. And they had no idea who I was. I just told them, I, just, I literally told them, when I met, I met them earlier in the year, probably I'm gonna say March or April, around the time I signed the lease. Um, I just looked at the face, I said, I'm gonna change your life. And I just was like, okay. And I was like, I'm just telling you right now, the next six months I'm gonna change your life. And to see their company go from, they were doing like, you know, slow parties here and there, to now they're one of the premier, they won, they won an award for like, best underground series. And I don't want any of the credit. I don't want any of the credit. This, what I'm doing in Vegas is kind of like my, I almost want to say like my swan song mm-hmm. because I only have, I had a five-year plan and it's kind of, this circles back around to those, I kind of went over all the markets that I work in and then, you know, Philly. Philly is really where it started. Philly is kind of where I really got my start where I started doing concerts and doing shows. And yeah. Learning the business and learning the other side of it. There's a lot on the other side of those doors that a lot of people don't know about. Well, let's touch on that for a little yeah, bit. Let's, yeah. let's talk about Sorry, you know, somebody. No, no, no. It's all good, man. Let's talk about like your beginning. So you're from Philadelphia. Yes. Um, did you did this career of yours start before or after school? So it started during school. Okay. Where did so, you go to school? I went to school at the Art Institute of Philadelphia no. for film. My degree is in film. Okay. I do nothing in film. Nothing. Right. Yeah, I have a history degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I'm thankful for it because it led me to this. I would not be sitting here with you right now had I not saw this fucking commercial on TV that said, come to the Art Institute. I just was like, all right, you know what? I, you know, at, at that time, I wanted to, I wanted to change. Uh, I wanted to change, and I was like, uh, and I was like, um, you know, I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went, went to school. And, you know, because the way our country is set up, you know, they'll help you get in debt before they help you start debt. Absolutely. Yeah. So, because, you know, because of that, um, I became an RA at my college. As an RA, your job is to create events for your students. Mm-hmm. As, I'm, as I'm an RA, I'm also traveling. I'm traveling. So I'm going to South and Southwest. I'm going to ABC. I'm seeing all the stuff that involves music and I'm seeing the impact it has on new people. So I came up with this event. Literally, this is my first event. The first event I did wasn't my actual first concert. My first concert was what I was kind of known for. Um, my first concert was kind of what kind of blew me up. But the reason why that first concert was so successful, and my first, you know, my first concert had like 450 people there. So that was like, you know, people saw that and was like, how, like, how did that happen? But, it was actually a couple months earlier, which kind of built into that. So as an RA, your job was to create uh, events. Mm-hmm. Just thinking in my mind, I said, okay, I go to an art school. As an RA, I would go into different, my different residents' rooms and shit, and they would have art just laying around, but like murals. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I would ask them, I'm like, yo, who is this for? Like, what's this for? They'd be like, nothing, I'm just playing around, you know, nothing. And I'm like, you know somebody would buy that? Like, I would buy it. <laughs> so I came up with this event called Whose Art Is This Anyway? And it was basically everything you could only sell stuff from one dollar to twenty dollars. Mm. That was the that was the rule. Only sell stuff from one dollar to twenty dollars, and it could be any type of art. Mm. So if you made you know custom bottles, if you made earrings, if you drew, if you made fashion, you could be a part of it. So um, I put the event on for the students. First event, hundred eighty people came. Second event, three hundred and like ninety five people came. The third event, the RSVPs were so large they wouldn't let me have the event. Oh wow! Like it was like I think we had like we and we, only, and we would do it like we would only do like two week promos. So we had a two week promo. And I think we had like sixteen hundred RSVPs, and like the school saw this and was like, we, no, yeah. it's, 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 it's like there's like two people. 
Yeah, they even offer you a alternative. Like, like, yeah. And so the second one that we did, though, one of the students made like six hundred dollars. I believe it. And the light bulb had to go off in your head. And that was when I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so if I put together something that people like, and I take what they want and put it in front of them, then I can be, I can get paid for this. Hmm. So. I'm in college. In college, you were coming up with the most creative way you can make a fucking, you can just eat. Yeah, just so you can eat, you know? Meet a couple noodle soups. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why you have so many phenomenal business that start in college, because it's literally cats that's just sitting around like, yo, we need to eat, dog. Like, we, we gotta go to class, but we also need to figure out a way to eat. You know what I mean? This little job we got at the, at the bookstore is not paying us enough. Right, right. The meal plan is lit. Exactly, exactly, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> So, make sure that when you have a meeting, you know, they got some Chick-fil-A, which you know what I mean? Like, like, we was the ones who had a meeting and take a little, do a little talk, you know what I mean? That's what it's there for, man. That's what I told you, like, that's what that, that's what the little turkey sandwiches is there for. Put it in the pocket. Yeah. You was the one that waited all the way to the end and be like, I'm going to throw that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's how it was. So I said to myself, I said, okay, um, I'm gonna throw a concert. Period. I was like, I'm gonna throw a concert. I was like, I have enough relationships. I was like, I have enough relationships. Um, I was like, I'm gonna throw a concert. And so I, the first headliner for my fest, my first concert was Stalin. 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 Which was Stalin. I used to rock the These were very heavy at Oh man, yo, yeah, he put yeah, 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 it in style. was like one of the first guys that I really had a relationship This was um, pre or um, way pre. This is early. This is back in the day, Dash. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. This is that early. Like, this is early, early style. And uh, I told him, I said, I only got $500. Mm-hmm. Like, baby. And Stiley was such a good dude. That's why I always will have love for him every time I see him. He didn't, I didn't have to pay him up front. He drove down from New York to headline my concert. How did you even get in touch with him? This is just from working because I because I was into the film and photography world. Okay. I was working with artists. I was doing something oh, music okay. with artists. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so in this time now, this is when you're developing relationships. I'm developing relationships networking. all over. I'm the photographer and the videographer. Uh, I didn't just take pictures and leave. I would make my way backstage and meet everybody. That's, That's what people don't understand. I tell people all the time. Relationships truly are everything. When I go to a venue, right, a new, a brand new venue, and I have a show, like if I was having a show, if I was having an event here, mm-hmm. I go to a security person, how you doing? Thanks for working with me today. Appreciate you. I go to the bar, hey, how you doing? My name's Yusuf. Thanks for working with me tonight. I appreciate you. Let me know if you need anything. I go, every single person in that room we working at an event, I go to and I make sure they know me and I make sure. They're not used to that. They're not used to somebody actually taking the time mm-hmm. to go and do that. Mm-hmm. The event is over. I stand at the door, get home safe, you have a good night, get home safe, hey, thank you for coming out tonight, you have a good night, get home safe. Mm. I, I don't lose that, that's still in me now, five, six years later, I'm teaching the guys in Vegas that, and they finally, like, it's like, it blew their mind, it's like, this is, like, this is, like, it was to the point where I had trained him to the point for our last event with Denzel Curry, he was like, I should go stand at the door and thank you for coming, right? I was like, yes, <laughs> go to the door, thank your audience, they could be anywhere else. But they have, you have no idea how that stays with you. You go to a concert and you're leaving and some random person is thanking you. Thanks so much for coming out tonight. Didn't do anything else. I thank you. Appreciate you. You don't say, hey, yo, I had a good time. But you don't say, the polite goes a, <laughs> a long way. Yeah. You know, it's, you, know you leave that indulgent mark. Exactly. Exactly. Mark. exactly. I like exactly. that. Exactly. So, you know, I'm sorry for kind of doing going on tangents, but, so good. but this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the first show I did was with Stalin. Stalin was the headliner. I had a bunch of local rappers on it. 450 people came out. Um, my marketing was straight gorilla. Mm-hmm. I went online, found somewhere where I could order flyers. Mm-hmm. Took it to the streets. Took it, not only did I take it to the streets, though, but I was like, all right, what is everybody? Like, I was like, there has to be one place where everybody is. Like to start the day. I was like the train. 
So 6 a.m., I, I think I did like every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I would get up before class, like 5 a.m., 5, 6 a.m. I would get on the train with like 500 flyers. And if I get on at 6 a.m., I know that like kids got to go to school like by 8 a.m. Parents can get on around like 7 a.m. I would flyer every seat on the train mm-hmm. at like 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. So by the time that train moves back around and it's picking out everybody for it, everybody who's going to sit down is going to see this random flyer. I'm like, mm-hmm. instead of handing out flyers, I saw this joke one day on a, uh, on a comedy show. He said, when you hand someone a flyer, you're basically saying, here, throw this away. You're giving your um, your customer an opportunity to shut you down. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If you just are getting on the seat, and if you, first of all, you see it in every fucking seat, you just be like, what the fuck is this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Your natural <laughs> instinct is going to be to pick it up. Mm-hmm. I would even just like put it in the mirror. Like, you know, you, you know the mirror next to the train, and I'm like, right where you're sitting, I would just put a flyer right in the mirror. And you get on there early enough, nobody's on the train that early, right. 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Right. But when they move back around, so I would do that three times a week. And pe- there were people who came to my show and was like, I just saw the fire on the train. And I was like, I thought they were going to So I came. So, Corey Jr. came. It was the biggest win I ever started with. I think I had, I think I made like $8,500 that night in cash. I took the cash back home to my college dorm room. I slept on the money. Literally, literally, I said, I did that. I did the same shit. I put that shit on the bed and I'm like, yo. You got to sleep. Like, I was like, I want to know what this feels like to sleep on money. I sleep with a $100 bill. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. Yeah. I slept on the fucking money, man. And, and I did that because I wanted to, I, I, it, was, it, was, it was symbolist. It was, it was a symbol for me of like, damn, like this is, you know, you can take an idea and it can turn into this. But then I was like, the best decision I made was I decided not to spend it all. Mm. I bought myself a PS2 <laughs> and the rest of that shit right into another shop. Nice. Yeah. So what do you book for your next show? Let's kill you. My second show was a disaster, actually. Oh, so more drinks? I've been there. I spoiled myself with that first show. 450, I'm like, I'm on top of the world. I can't lose. Exactly. And my second, no. My second show was a disaster. It was my fourth show. My fourth show was a disaster. So my second show, Phil I Day was the headliner. This is back on Phil I Day. Yo, Phil I Day. Phil I Day was like Wiley Love. That's crazy. My cousin used to jump in. Yup. Phil I Day was like, before, like right when Wiley was kind of coming up, Phil I Day was like, he still is. He actually writes with Wiley now. He writes with a lot of people. But he was like, yo, it was here. Like, yo, I went to a showcase. Phil I Day. Fell out day and Stiley was the headliners. Guess who the openers was? Big Sean and Kendrick Lamar. Oh shit, dang. This is a showcase. <laughs> That's crazy. And South by South by Southwest. Oh, South Kendrick South. was the opener. Well, yeah, crazy. This was like 2009, 2010. Wow. Looking I at saw the undercard now. Yeah. This thing Kendrick is a. There's a video. Superstar. There's a video on YouTube of me back in my film days. This is his first concert in Philly. Mm-hmm. Only 250 people came, and I, that's where I first met him. I first met Kendrick at this show. I was a part of promoting it, and I was filming it. So at that time, I was kind of doing both words, words still. Right. I was finishing film school, so I was still doing that, still working in photography, still working with different artists, still traveling, and doing shows. And so I met him. This is back when school with he was just a fucking, you know, just literally just a, uh, he was literally just a, 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 a hype man. Mm-hmm. And Ali, the producer, was his DJ. Ali was actually his DJ. Ali used to go on the road and be his DJ. It's like now he's a big time, you know, engineer and like, you know, we probably need a studio. But he was his actual tour. He actually would be back there DJing while Kendrick was was uh, was written. But that was the first time I ever met him. And it's really good that over the years I've got to work with him more. I've gotten to work with him. He still remembers me yeah. from that. He still remembers meeting me at that event. Shout out to yeah, he still remembers meeting me. And like I I I, I don't Broadcast that sort of is like, you know, it's not a big thing, but it's like whenever I do see him, whenever I he's still yo, what's up? He's but that's but that's that's love. You know what I'm saying? Right now, you know, there's, there's rock stars in different mediums now. There's rock stars in the music game, and there's rock stars in the people who are behind the scenes. I consider you one of those rock stars, you know what I'm saying? And let's see even act so um you made it this far, you're doing these you're doing these shows, you realize you're right. an act for it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um as far as um even being a booker, when did you really decide, like, okay, like, I'm going full-time with this, and this is, like, this is going to be it? I paid attention to what white people 
I pay attention to white people's conversations. Yeah. <laughs> Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Message. <laughs> I pay attention because they don't have conversations around you that if you don't pay attention, it'll go right over your head. And the terminologies and the things that they're using is above you. Mm-hmm. But most people, like I said, they, they don't pay attention to it. So I kept, whenever I would go to a show, I would go to a show and be like, I'm, I would tell people like, yeah, I'm a promoter for the show. I promote the show. And I would take pride in that. Mm-hmm. And I would see other people like, okay, cool, yeah, cool, cool. Then I would see like my bosses who were Caucasian would come in and be like, yeah, I'm a talent buyer for this show. Mm. Yeah, it's all about the label, love. I'm a talent buyer. Mm. So there's none of this shit works. Like that promoter don't have a job without me. Mm. And I was like, I want to be a talent buyer. Mm-hmm. I want to be a person who has the budget. Like I don't want to be a person who, after the budget started spent, you call me and say, hey, you have a following with the urban community, they try to dress it up as nice as possible, but really they say, look, we just fuck with you. Mm-hmm. So, they don't know us. We listen to Mumford and Sons on all the time. We don't even listen to the music. Mm-hmm. So, there are, if, I, if I tweet out, hey, come to the show that I just mm-hmm. spent money on, they don't know me. But they know you. Let's dress it up real nice. Let's call you an ambassador. Mm-hmm. Let's call you a, a brand ambassador. Let's call you a, a tastemaker. Mm-hmm. Let's dress it up real nice that we're only going to keep you there forever. Try to make you comfortable and mm-hmm. put it in a word where okay, this is keep them happy. We'll never hire you. Mm-hmm. You'll, never be, you'll never be in any of our meetings. <laughs> never. We'll never ask you. We might ask you who we should look, but you won't see most of the money from the door. Mm-hmm. So that was when I started my mentor said something to me that two things. One, there's no such thing as job security. That was the first thing he said to me. And that triggered a little bit. And I was like, okay, cool. Then the second thing he said to me, he said, you said, you said you're in a business that you're, and I want you to just think of every concert you've ever been to. He said, you're only security or on the stage. Hmm. Hmm. You're not the manager. You don't even work in a. They don't even have us in a box office. Like damn. That's crazy. Go to a box. Go to a box office. Mm-hmm. Tell me how many box offices you see. Go to any venue and tell me how many people of color you see. Just people of color. I'm not even saying black. In the box office. This is true. So you don't even get to see the idea that these jobs are even attainable, the idea that these careers are attainable, the idea that there's so much business that goes on behind the scenes. Right. Um, the live show is clearly important. Every artist tours. That's what you make most of the money. Right. But we're not on that side. And I feel like that's not even... <laughs> I feel like it's not even exposed enough because you know why? We in New York City, we in the tri-state area, we meet a lot of people who want to be a part of the entertainment music industry. Right? Mm-hmm. So I meet a lot of these cats who either want to be bookers, who want to throw events, throw shows, managers, or whatnot. Um, I had to do, like... And I, as a, you can get a lot of information from, like, you know, the general jobs in entertainment. So you can find information quickly. But when it comes to the bookers, the people who founded um, the agency group or mm-hmm. ICM or... Um, or how live or the, the, the jobs of live nation. It's like you, you don't even you have to do I had to do my research. When I did my research, I'm like, oh shit, like yeah. this shit is exciting, dope. Like how do I get involved with this? You know what I'm saying? And it's like I feel like it's not like I, I really how could I ever have I've ever seen somebody like you where I can be like, oh shit, you do this. Yeah. Um how do I get in there or um what's this business, what's this world really like? I even me, I'm not I don't these, I, I'm not hired. I'm not an employee of any of these companies. Most right. of these companies. And this is why I also... And that's why I was able to flip it right. to work for myself. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. So yeah. when I was... When I walked in and Travis educated me a little bit about your conversation, yeah. you were saying that you, you have um, relationships and contracts with several yes. different um, organizations. Yes. And this is like never been... Oh, I've never heard of that. The, the, terms, the terms of, because you said you get your residual income. Residual collector. So these contracts that you have with um, not named company. Yes. Um, 
you are allowed, well, not even allowed, you structured the contract yourself. Yes. And you stipulated in the contract that you get paid regardless. Yes. And they went along with that. Yes. Let's talk about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say. Retainer. Retainer is the key word, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of us don't think of ourselves. First of all, a lot of us are scared to take that leap or even ask for a retainer. No matter how big, no matter how small, I don't care if it's $300, I don't care if it's $500, it's still consistent income that's coming in for your services. As long as you are doing what you're doing, consistently building what you're building, then they have to, well, not that they have to agree, but by, by, but by getting them to sign to a retainer, again, something that came from my mentor. He said to me, he said, listen, so they're using you to promote their shows, right? You're not seeing anything from the door at all. He said, why don't you tell them, instead of, we come up with a flat rate. This is a flat rate that you have to pay me per show, period, just for my services. You're getting all the money from the fucking event anyway. And regardless of how the show goes, you still have to pay me. You still have to, you have to invoice me. They do this already. They just don't do it at that level. At that level. So, yes, I was definitely the first one in Philly, for, from what I know, to come up with this. Um, and I tried it once, and it worked with the company that I, I'm not gonna lie, like, when I submitted that contract, I did not think that that was gonna work. But they looked over it. They had the work. This is, I mean, these are, yeah, this is official. This is official. And they had the words go over it, and they said, who did this? And I said, I did it myself. And they said, we got a couple of minutes, they made like a couple of minutes here and there. And we came with a flat rate, and it was like, so for we, we do events that are in a thousand cap one, this is the flat rate that you get for being a part of this event. Oh shit, it's a staggered rate as well? Oh, it, it comes. Yeah, so so you have like different buckets. So if, if you're doing like a venue between 500 and 2,000 uh, seater, Here's, here's here's where my cap is think, to be paid. If I'm doing if I if you happen to do Eagles Stadium, yeah. then there's Oh you're not gonna play me. Okay. Hmm. You're, not gonna, you're not gonna pay me the same rate mm-hmm. and you're switching up the rooms on the back end? Mm. You're not gonna do that. You're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna pay me a two hundred cap room rate and you just did twenty thousand seats. Mm. This doesn't make sense. I'm you know that if I work with you, you have a you have a fucking Work. You got somebody going hard and mm-hmm. make sure I'm doing my end of the bargain. And they see the work you put in. Take care of me. That's all I said. Take care of me. So that is literally what I did. And I took that type of model and I used it with everything with these festivals. I did. This is not. So I'll give you an example. So there's a festival in October and it starts in April. I start getting receiving checks in April. From April to October, I receive a check a month. Just in general, just a check a month for me to do my job over the course of these six months to book the festival. My job is to book the festival. Then I get, because the way I the way the pay scale is, I get another check after the festival is over, because that's the amount of pay scale. And then I get a bonus check. If they hit a certain No, no, no. I get a bonus check because I need 10%. I need 10%. <laughs> Of either the sales that I brought in, the cut and slim that I brought, either ten percent of something that I brought in, mm-hmm. or ten percent of something you got. You know, Jay Z once said, "Pay us like you owe us for all the years that you owe us." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I feel like you uh, exacted that exactly. uh, line. In your I don't cross the line. <laughs> I don't cross the line of breaking things. I don't cross the line of someone feeling like I'm trying to get over them. Well, but I make it clear to them that if we're doing business together. You have to take care of me as much as I'm taking care of you. Well, as you develop this business acumen, like in, in a lot of, especially in our culture, um, we undervalue a lot. We definitely lowball and undersell. Mm-hmm. One, because of the competitive nature of whatever you're into. And two, I guess it's just, you know, culturally speaking, you might feel that you shouldn't ask for what you Love that you just said. But how did you develop... Like, how did I know what my value yeah, was? So assessing that. Literally, value. so literally what I did was every show that they would have me, uh, every show that they would put me on, right? So that this is back when I was just marketing and promoting for them. Uh, I don't think it is, but I kept track of all the shows. 
So when I went to them with that contract, I was like, hey, so last year we did 75 shows together. 60 of these shows sold out that you had me on. 60 of them sold out that you had me on. Um, the ticket price, the average ticket price for these shows was $20 a Mm -hmm. And the venues that we were doing them in were a thousand capital. So that's 200 times uh, 1,000. Uh, not a mathematician, but that's 20 grand. So 20 grand times 60 shows, uh, that's about that's about a million dollars in the year. We're just almost working out. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to make a million dollars. You're not. I'm not going to break your bank. I'm not going to come in and ask them for nothing crazy. I'm going to just say, there's value here in how much I'm working with you and the amount of money that you're giving me. Let's find a common ground that we can be on. To them, the amount they give me is nothing. It's pennies. But for me, it's residual income. I get that, I had that contract with four different companies. Let's just say I'm getting paid a thousand dollars a month. That's four thousand dollars a month. Mm -hmm. To just do what I need to do. So what I tell you all the time is Definitely run, definitely save your numbers, keep your numbers. Mm. Emails are so important. I have gotten, I've gotten, I'll use the word, I'll just say four figures because I don't want anybody to about that. I've gotten four figure checks just to send out email blasts. I'm not gonna say the company, but I had a company hit me up was like, yo, we'll give you $75 just to send out these emails. I sent like two emails. $7,500 for send out send just emails. two emails? Three. Because to so all right, because I think my email list is, is large. Well, well, I get that, yeah. but at the same time, it's like they're assessing the value. Were were these like high profile clientele, like those two emails that you had to send? Like were they two? No, just 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 two just just right. Oh, oh, two just separate just emails to your audience, and this is your personal yeah. subscriber list from you building. Just building your show. You built your own. So that's nothing. I always ask for my emails. And I can tell mm -hmm. that a lot of them, so promoters will go to a venue, right? Mm -hmm. They'll sell out the fucking show. And don't get the fucking Don't get the fucking emails. Which is key. Which is kind of, it's okay. You can be for it. They don't care. They can be all around at the bar. They charge you 2500 You happy to make a win. And you leave. You just gave them 3,000 people that they can now hit their They just gave them the audience. Yeah. You don't leave with that? That's yo, that's in every contract. I need my emails. Every contract, yo, I just bought you this, I need my emails. I need to, we need to, and I even make it clear to them that if we're gonna have success and we're gonna move forward and be successful, I need to continue to grow my brand. How can I grow my brand if you are holding on to something that's that important to me? They're not stupid. Every single one of these booking rooms that you go to, they are some of the most shrewd business people that you will ever meet. They're some of the most true people that you ever meet. Mm -hmm. This is a this is a like a system that I told you. Once you go to the other side, it will disgust you, but it'll also make you want to just keep going harder. Now that you're in Vegas, are you thinking about um, perhaps crossing over to EDM? Because I had the I had the great pleasure of going to EDC um, one year over there, and just looking at just the the sheer number volume of people that are there. On the talent, I'm, I'm, and culturally speaking, the spenders go there. You know what I mean? Like I imagine that that would be a, a different uh, cap for you. I told you I told you I shot four for seven, right? Mm -hmm. That's what all four of them show. No, EDM work. Well, I don't know the names of the DJs. The kid said, "This is who I should book." Listen to the youth. Yo, get Graves. I don't know Graves. It's six hundred show. Oh, Yo, get Sticky Sound, 750 new show. Mm. I don't know. But that's what you want. Okay, cool. That's what I Wow. So you're not just solely hip hop or. Absolutely not. I want to get on. Yo, I want to get. If I, I haven't discovered how yet, if I can fucking. See, the thing is, yo, I have, there's a guy in Philly right now. He has the independent like rock game down pat. Mm. It'll be a band I've never heard of in my entire life. 2,000 tickets immediately. Soon got fan, yeah, they just got a crazy fan base. You'll never hear this song on the radio, ever. So it's like, I remember Mumford and Sons, Mumford and Sons first came out, and they did a fourth, their first show in Philly was a 4,000 cat number. James Blake, his first show, 3,500 cat. Mm. So it's like, 
I, I want to really get on that side. I want to learn that side. I want to learn these stadium artists. You know that? I want to learn these stadium artists because those are the guys that, you know, there's a guy named Sufan Stevens. Sufan Stevens, his whole show is just visual. This motherfucker does arena seventy five dollars to two hundred dollars a ticket. I was I just, <laughs> even, just even looking like people like Luciano uh, Pavarotti yeah, and stuff like that. You would never even hear of um, Billy Joel. Yeah, that's like those that's what I want to book. I could only imagine how many days. That's what I want to book. If I could get if I could get one of these rappers and one of these football players, be like, yo, I need one. I'll put up 100K for you to, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I'm booking. Okay, well, that's, I guess that's I'm booking the state. next question mm-hmm. I wanted to get to. <laughs> so, when you're in, in that, and if you don't mind getting into that detail, like when you approach, if you, when you approach an artist, right. like, I've always wondered, like, damn, like, when you have, like, concerts and you have, like, four headliners and then, like, you got another five undercard people around you, right? Yes. Like, I'm imagining that each person, like, say, all right, this person needs 25000 to perform. This person needs 75000 This person needs 30000 Like, is this all upfront money that you're paying them? I'm or is it, like, prorated? Like, how does that work? I'm going to give you the festival breakdown. I'm going to give you the one-off, the show breakdown. Okay. The, and, there's, and the show breakdown breakdown into a tour. Drama. I'll just use that as an example. Drama's a great guy. I never met him, but I know his whole team. No, very good. Yo. January 20-something, I have this day open, and this is my budget. That's another thing I was talking about. An agent's job is to get as much money as they can out of you. You have to make sure that when you go into booking an event that you have options. Do not sell, do not break your bank just to get someone that doesn't fit. Mm. So if I go to them and I say I have 20K, and they say, you need about 30 at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, I'm just saying, you know, we need about how do we get? Hopefully, we find 30 for that part. I, not in a negative way, but I can't, I'm not going to. This is just where I'm at. This is where I'm at. I'm not budgeting from that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I'm not budgeting from that at all. So, um, so the, 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 the show breakdown of it is two different ways. One, Sometimes if you see a show and you don't see any openers on it, it's because the tour does not want local openers. That's another that's actually something that's happening a lot now. I don't know why. I don't feel like it's gonna overshadow the artists, but that was something that back in the day they used to do. They would find the most popular person in the city and have them open the show. Yeah. A lot of artist camps don't actively do that anymore. Um, so they won't even accept local performers on the show. Mm. Um, and as a promoter, you can't force it. You still have to get it approved by the manager. Team, right, right. so um, you still got to get by management of the team. So you go to them with your budget, you book them for the show, you make sure you know matches whatever your budget is for the you do the show. If you're doing, if you're booking them while they're on tour, and this is another thing, so their tour rate is always cheaper because it's a routed date. If it's a one-off, I'm at home sleeping, chilling. You tell me to get up and go do the show. Right. If it's a tour, I'm already leaving. I'm already coming to Albany. Right, right. So hell yeah, I'll come do a show in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so that's another thing you need to realize. Like, like when you reach out to these agents, making sure that you are asking them, hey, so what artists are you working on as far as like tours? Um, asking that up front because they work on their tours six, seven months in advance in time. You know, their tours are booked out. By the time you see it, it's already booked. That shit was booked back in fucking November. Right. You know, the year prior. You see it in January, that shit was booked in October. You know what I mean? So it's like, you gotta make sure that you really focus on that side. On the festival side, you start from the top down. Who is your big person that you're gonna go to? Who's your biggest name? Always come up with two or three names, you know? And you don't, festivals, to be honest, are a really good idea. I wish actually more people did it, more millennials did it. I wish more of us would find a space, get, I don't know, five of our homies to put up maybe a thousand dollars a piece. That's a lot of money to ask for, but you, if you can if you can get that, even something. And then your budget now is like a five grand. If you're not paying for the space, you do it. You do a block party, that's even better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, getting a stage, your PA system might cost you. PA system and sound might cost you fifteen, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe twelve, maybe fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you get an artist for you get one of those artists that's in that kind of two to three K range, mm-hmm. so you can get a Benzel Curry. You can get a uh, young Simi. 
You can get a uh, Abra. You might even get a father. You can find those kind of young tier artists who just they good. They just want to come out and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? And then you throw in a bed and you take them and you flip it into the next concert. Mm-hmm. You flip it into the next concert. Um, and you treat it as a festival. So uh, a lot of times when you see festivals, I go from the top down. So one year, uh, we had, I had, I, I reunited. This was a beautiful thing to do this as a fan. But I was able to, within budget, reunite Wiz Khalifa and Currency on the stage. Oh, man. They hadn't they had oh, performed together wow. in years. Wow. And at ABC, they had on, not, not this year, but the year before, they did a whole performance. Right. You're never going to see that. That's crazy. They got a lot of the same fans, too. So You're they never going to see that. Yeah, yeah. They literally hugged on the stage. Because they were so excited. Yeah, they were just so excited. Like, yo, people just say, we're back. We're yeah, I did it. I, 100%. I'm taking credit for that. That was the one I, I worked with Tangle. And Is I that the show that you're most proud of? No, I'm not going to say the show I'm most proud of. Um, the show that I'm most proud of uh, just kind of finishing off that festival conversation, branching off to the next one. The show that I'm probably most proud of is uh, a year after I did my first concert. So my first concert was 450. Um, I was able to work out a deal with Live Nation and use a, 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 a venue called the TLA. And the TLA was a venue that I South Street. Yeah, yeah. It's a venue that I had gone to for years. It was a venue I went to as a kid. Mm-hmm. And this was my first concert ever there. Yeah. And we sold 900 like 50 tickets. Well, and this is a year after my first show. And I was just sitting up top and I just cried. I just looked at the audience and I just cried because I was like, from just like literally a year later from me for from an idea that came to me while I was, you know, kind of literally in my room and I'm like, yo, I'm had a birthday party off and I'm supposed to tell a show for it to branch into that to change my entire life. Doing this, being in this business has taken me everywhere. It's got you know, I have relationships, but it's gotten me to travel all over the country. It's gotten me to meet damn near every artist I've ever gone to listen to. You know, um, I'm not that much of a show fan anymore. I think that part of me kind of died a little bit, only because I go to concerts for a living. So kind of like that part kind of died for me. I'm like, oh, Kanye's floating. Yeah. <laughs> but the great part about it is I get to create, literally, physically create opportunities on the highest level mm-hmm. for artists that I believe in. So, that leads me to my next question. Do you uh, foresee in your, at least in your uh, tier of the business, right? Um, obviously, like, a lot of corporations partner with, you know, artists or what have you, but is there a way to, for example, you say, like, if you want to throw a festival, yeah, like, is there a way to get, like, Sponsorship from like Marshall to like sponsor the amps for the show. You know, so on stage because are is there what I'm asking is is there a way to approach these companies with a for profit idea to give you shit for free? Absolutely, and this is gonna be funny. People are gonna find this interesting. Um, I've never had a sponsor for anything I've ever done. Hmm. Besides when I did events for like companies, but I've never. I mean that I've never even delved into that side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's two ways you look at that. One, some people might look at that and be like, "Well, that's stupid." Like you have our, you have relationships, you could have probably been took the chance and had these conversations to get them to invest in stuff. I probably absolutely could. The other side of it is, I like for my own money. Mm-hmm. It's my money. It's something that I'm working with. I have an invest. I have investors of business partners, it's our bread. Mm. They know that I'm working hard. Like, it's easier when it's someone else's money. It is. I love other people's money. I work with other people's money all the time when I'm doing investing mm. and stuff like that. That, to me, in my mind, is like sponsorship. Because right. I'm still able to produce and create something phenomenal. Right. But it's just from a different perspective. Like, right. So for me, I don't want to... There's so many people chase sponsors. They won't even do the event because they're chasing a sponsor. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they were like, damn, it come through. I'm like, man, well, I ain't no sponsor, so I can't do it. I heard that. Before. I would rather try to figure out how to make a festival work at $1,500 than mm. trying to get some $20,000 check. Because mm. if I can make it work at $1,500, I can make twenty dollars For myself, I'm going to fucking do a song and dance and, a, and be in front of a bunch of people who don't even listen to the music. I don't have to sit and be an ambassador. I don't have to do that. I'd rather make my own bread. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I hear, you know, we have this event that we do at home at my, in my old hood where we feed the, we feed the homeless every week, every, the week before Thanksgiving, every year, we've been for three years now. And basically you just have a bunch of us that are young creators and we all put up like four to five hundred dollars. We feed hundreds of people like that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't think people understand that. Like, if you take a hundred people to donate, if you take, if you take a thousand people and have them donate a hundred dollars, it's a hundred thousand, right? It's about ten grand. It's a hundred thousand, right? No, it wasn't the right. I think that's a hundred thousand. I think that is. That's a hundred thousand. Just to get them to put up a hundred dollars. So it's like, I, you got to find out ways to, to to build from the grassroots. And I like being supported by my own and them having fun and knowing that I'm creating fun for them and creating something that they'll remember and something that they'll appreciate. So in Vegas, this actually, now this, as I, after I just said that, in Vegas is the, is the market that I'm testing it out. That's the market where I'm testing out, okay, should I bring a sponsor? Like how do I work with sponsors? And sponsorship isn't always financial. That's another thing. Going exactly. to these companies, always asking for money, I would rather, like, I went to Red Bull and I asked them, I said, yeah, y'all have DJ groups. I need a DJ group. Y'all have bar tables. I need a bar table. Y'all have bars. Mm-hmm. Get, can I get a bar? That's $30,000 worth of fucking equipment that yeah. I don't have to pay for. Mm-hmm. I'll get everything else on my own. I'll get the video on my own. I just, <clears throat> I would rather come to them from that perspective than come to them just asking for a check. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go to Hennessy and be like, yo, you know, can we, can we do a Hennessy bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where y'all can set, y'all can set up and make y'all own bread. And I just want you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to relationship that, like, you gotta in these relationships, especially when you're dealing with these white folks. You have to make it clear that it's you, it has to be a give give. It can't be a give take. It has to be I'm giving you something, and you're giving me something. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time. I go into every meeting with ninety percent already done, and only ten percent of what that person can do. For me. Mm-hmm. Right. All I need from you is a yes or no. I don't need, I don't need, I need a yes or no. Can we do this or can we not? Yeah. If I need to come back, I'll come back. Right. So that's my, that's how, that's how I'm coming. So for uh, anybody who, um, who's interested in trying to get in the game as far as like um, event production in the music space, booking, mm-hmm. how would you tell them to just start? So it does cost. First thing I always ask you to do, go to venues and ask them, don't go to these big live nation venues. They're going to approach $5,000 to sell the door. That's $5,000 and you got to pay $7,500 for the artist. That's $1,300. Then you got to pay for hospitality. That's $500. So that's $1,350. Then you probably might have to pay for just extra bullshit expenses or whatnot. That's $14K for a show. Mm -hmm. Your overhead is $14K. Be careful of these bar guarantees. Ask questions. Make sure that when you go in there, that it's a giving back. Okay, look, if my door does this, then can we cut that bar guarantee in half? Mm. Don't just accept what they tell you it is. You know what I'm saying? Try to negotiate it as much as you can. Mm. Go to them and see if there's a way that you know you can sell physical tickets. Okay, if I sell physical tickets before the show, like you got to find different ways to make it where it's beneficial for all parties involved. Don't just let them tell you, you know, five thousand plus a five thousand dollar bargain. See, that's ten k. That's ten k all back that you owe them mm-hmm. just for them to put the show on their website. They gotta get their money regardless if your show goes well or not. So you gotta be smart with your buyers. That's the first thing. Be smart with your buyers. Number two, these agents are not your friends. They're not your friends. Just get that out of your mind. None of them are your friends. They it is literally a system designed to get as much money out of you as you can. They really don't care about you as an independent promoter, just being a thousand percent and being honest. They don't care about you. Um, they hate if you have a personal relationship with the artist, because if you have a personal relationship with the artist, then it basically goes around that way to get all that money from you. And they would prefer to work with Live Nation or AG. Those are the big companies. Those are the ones that have a set budget every year. So you have to give them, you have to come to them with something that is valuable. You have to come to them and say, hey, I'm doing, you know, that you're doing the show, you're bringing your artists to a market they've never been in. Mm-hmm. The reason why Vegas has been doing so well for me is I'm bringing artists into a market they've never been booked in ever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Vegas is one, of the, one of the big problems I think with, with ticketing is that places buy up all the tickets. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, absolutely. Can't, you can't even buy things at that fixed value. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anything goes on auction. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they they buy them all up at another company. And they resell them. That's, 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 that's the whole business in itself. That's the whole business in itself. People make you kill them. That's, 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 that's part of the reason why it's a business. That's the whole business in itself. So, 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 for me, be smart about the buys. Do not force a buy. If it doesn't feel right, then yeah. go to something else. Yeah. Um, have solid budgets. Don't, do not go into an event and your budget is not secure. Mm. Now, you can take a risk of having things that are on the back end. Right, right, right. That risk is so high, though. It is. It's so high. At least make sure you have enough to break even right. on the front end. Because God forbid you don't get your money. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can fucking happen. You lose tons of money and you're fucking, you, you're, that's it. You're done. So that's what I would say. I mean, there's, there's other key pointers. There's other really important things. Again, making, you know, your relationships are important. You know, having relationships with the venues. When you go to these venues and you're at these shows, meet the manager. Meet the GM. Talk to the sound guy. They're not always the most personal, but meet these people, man. Those are the ones that can help you build relationships and can bring you in. Everything is based on relationships. It really is based on that. I learned that a lot when I went to Japan. That Japan, they have a whole, their whole structure is based on relationships. Right. Their whole structure never has their, their shape based on it, too. Yeah. I mean, they might be intimidating to approach. The sound guy. Yeah. They have, yeah, they have this yeah. face on where it's like, don't fucking talk to me. But that's yeah. cool, like, to approach these different people because they all, and they all, like, if you're a sound guy, chances are you work at several different venues. And that person might know another individual that you might need to know mm-hmm. because you're, you know what I'm saying? Or, like, if this bartender knows, oh, at this bar, they're pretty cool and flexible where you get a different rate. I like that. Absolutely. So, those are building relationships, not chasing relationships. Mm-hmm. Is for me that's the key. Mm-hmm. Building relationships and not chasing. Once you're chasing, you're desperate. Yeah. You're desperate. You just ah uh, yeah. No, don't do that. What made you decide to go to Vegas? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, I went for the first time ever in my entire. I traveled the entire world. Never went to fucking Las Vegas. Went there for the first time ever in January. Um, was there for a week. I didn't go to the strip until the day I was leaving. Hmm. Well, it's a culture that's brewing in business that people do not know. Yeah. Like a little creative arts, music, culture. I'm just thinking of it like this. There's a Williamsburg of Vegas that's being conquered right now. Yeah. The place with the um the tanker. Fremont. Yeah. Our sister. So a mean, guy I know knows the individual that like set that up and owned it. Tony Shea. Like the Zappos guy. Tony yeah, Shea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Shea. He built this called the downtown park. We basically built up all this land in this area. And everybody from LA is moving here. It's huge. Moving here. I'm from Philly moved there. Wow. The cost of living for $900, you can have a three story curb with a pool in the backyard and land for 900 bucks. Cost of living is super cheap. Cost of flights, super cheap because they have a kickback from the casinos. We're about to get an NFL team. We're about to get an NBA team. The Raiders are about to go there. The NBA team is about to go there. Marijuana is now legal there. Vegas is going to be the greatest place on it's earth. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and the next three years. Sure, we'll definitely be Yeah, they're building high rises all down to, and it's literally they're building an area for cruise. Imagine smoking weed while you watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know literally do that. And it is the entertainment capital in the United States. Like it is. Like you're not. New York is the. New York is like the. It's like the. It's the Stiglitz and Alabama, mm-hmm. but on any given night, you'll have 30 legends doing a show in this. Sure, sure. Any given night. Mariah Carey's across the street from Celine Dion. Sure, they, have they, have, they even have residencies. Residencies don't exist anywhere else. Residencies exist in Vegas. Yeah. Has to I want to know who the first hip-hop residency is going to be. Yeah, I think like, they Like Drake, what do you mean, like outside of Vegas? No, in, in Vegas. Oh, there's tons of them. There's tons of them. Futures are a residency. Uh, I believe Drake might be on one. Drake is doing New Year's Eve. Uh, and, and Drake is doing New Year's Eve. Kendrick Lamar is doing New Year's Eve in Vegas. Mm. I think you mean like a Celine Dion type of yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. a Frank Sinatra kind of thing. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? You're talking about when you reach the 
shit like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I would think Humber's surprise is not Rakim. It should be Rakim, though. I don't yeah. get the love. You know what, though? I think Rakim is it's probably just a. Yeah. He works a lot. I heard a lot of these older old cats, they were doing it. Oh, yeah, they brought their bread out there. And, you know, they make so much money overseas. Yeah. What? Yo, Ja Rule, before he went to jail, was making like $12 million touring Europe. No, that's a good point. Right? Right? I was that's talking crazy. to um, my guy. I just met this new guy. That was a story. Keith. That came out. People talking about that. That was an interesting story. He's getting money. Yeah, Ja Rule. I was telling my guy, Keith, um, he owns a co-working space in Brooklyn. He also owns a venue in Brooklyn called Free Candy at one point, too. And um, uh, what he was saying was like, um, a lot of us, we don't know that, especially with artists, you know what I'm saying, especially in the music game, because I found like, a couple of my friends have stepped out of the music game because it's tough and, you know, it's challenging right now. Yes. But what he's saying, like, um, globally, he was like, America's trying to make you feel like, yo, hip-hop is dead and all it is is these type of acts that's only really popping right now. But globally, you go out and, you know, you go to any of these countries or whatnot, like, the love is so real. They're so happy to have you on stage. It don't matter... You know, if you're a trap rapper, no matter if you're a conscious rapper, that globally the love is there rather than sometimes in America, you don't even feel that that it will like a lot of artists feel like they believe really want to hear my sound. Like see what I do here in the States. You see what I do here in the States and how I work with artists. Mm-hmm. My have a friend named Ethan. Ethan lives in Ethan lives in Copenhagen. He does the same thing. He brings artists out there in Europe that have never been to Europe. They already know the artists in America. Like, have you ever heard of Masego? Masego's out of Virginia. Great. He's like the young. I was using, I mean, I'm comparing him. I shouldn't compare him, though. He's like a young Robert Glasper. He has like, he makes trap jazz. Mm. It's phenomenal. Like, the kid, I personally feel like Masego is going to win Brandon's one day. Mm. I really feel like that. I, I, and I don't, there's not a lot of artists who I listen to, and I'm like, wow. Masego is just, I watched him. In A3C, this is when I was coming back to, like, being able to create opportunities for people that you really fuck with. I watched him. It was a crowd that was there to see totally different artists. He gets up there with his saxophone and turned the whole fucking audience. Yeah. Turned the whole audience. Uh, him. Artists like him. Artists like drum. These guys definitely a major. Like, the guy's name who I'm meeting with, I mentioned his name to other agents, and they were like, hold please take that meeting. Wow. So... Um, Congrats on that, brother. Thank you. Thank you, man. And I don't care. Even if it doesn't turn into anything, mm-hmm. I'm getting closer. Absolutely. Like, I'm booking two festivals now. Right. So I'm getting closer to having my own. You know? So you, when you book, are you, like, the, the main booker? Or you're yeah. the, the only booker? Or is it, is it a multitude of program director? Well, I mean, of course you have, like, partners. You know, you have people that yeah. have associates. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the program director. The program director. for so you're the Ebro of the pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Got you. that. And then for AG, for so this is literally me. This is literally having a blank, a blank slate. This is the date, and I come up with seventy five percent of life. Nice. And I book the deal. I book the deals. I book the deals. And you get in arguments, and some of the agents get mad at you. They, you know, they like I said, I, I speak to them kind of in the same tone they speak to me sometimes. So right. They don't like that too much. But um, I'm respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they have a job to do, and I have a job to do too. My job is to create great opportunities and. I, I just the relationship is more important to me. I, and I think the great thing about it is that I have relationships with the artists. Right. So they want to play. They want to do stuff with me. They want to right, play. Right. Um, and so um, there's a couple guys. A guy here in New York who I'm trying to do stuff. He actually he just did a juvenile show not so long ago. Maybe he has a, a company called Lift the Lights. You guys heard of him? Yeah. Lift the Lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a show. Well, yeah, was a juvenile. Yeah, the juvenile show. I think he did a movie show here as well. Um, and he's learning. Mm-hmm. He's getting into this and he's learning, but I'm proud of him because he's taking. I mean, it's hard trying to get shit out here in New York. Absolutely, that's hard. You know what I'm saying? But he's trying. He's mm-hmm. young, young black guy. He's, but he's fucking trying. Like, he's really trying. Saying, "Yo, you know, mm-hmm. let me find creative ways." So we're finding creative ways to work together. Um, he's like Vegas, and like has his eyes like mm-hmm. wide open. It's a wide open market. Absolutely. Everything there is 21 plus. Guess what I book artists for? Everything 18 plus. Mm-hmm. So it's that that gap right there. That- and no grow with me. Right. So the next three years, all these kids who are going to my shows right now, who are 18, 18, 19, and 20, yeah, right. are going to grow right. with this company. Mm. So once we start doing 21 plus events, when we go to clubs, yeah. Yeah. you'll carry the next generation of. And I'll be gone. 
Yes, I'm gonna lead that company. I let them. They got a self-sustaining business. Mm-hmm. I'll probably help out here and there, you know. But I don't hide. That's another thing. I don't hide stuff. So like those young kids that I'm working with in Vegas, I have them CC on those emails with the agent because I want them to see how to talk to them. Mm. I want them to learn the business. I'm not hiding it. These are my relationships. Yes, yeah. but I want you to learn. In addition to working with you, you can't work with somebody and keep shit hidden. Like, okay, so your job is to book the town. My job is to come with the budget. But every time we come to a meeting, I don't know what is going on on his side. I don't know what's going on. No, we need to bring you on that side. Yeah. Your job is to bring in finances. Bring you on that side. At A3C, I talk to everybody that's involved. The sponsorship team, I'm always having a conversation with them, even though I look at sponsors differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I'm going to bring Xbox in, I'm going to be like, yo, can I get 10 free Xboxes that I can give away in my event? Mm-hmm. I don't need your money. I'm giving away 10 Xboxes at this party. You coming? I'll take one out of the box. I'll take three out of the box, set that shit up. We got a tournament going on. We do a fire we go get a bunch of liquor, we spend five hundred dollars. We spend we spend we spend six hundred dollars on liquor. We make jungle juice, we sell us five dollars a cup. Most people will drink at least ten of those, so you make at least a couple of grand off the bar. You make it free entry. Bam, you got a you got a minute. Mm-hmm. That's it. You just made all your money off the bar, you got people coming in. Guess where you just made all your money in? Damn, what's on free? Damn. A thousand people fucking RGP. I just got a thousand emails. So when I do a party that's ten dollars or fifteen dollars, I can get a thousand people and say, yo, come to my shit. That's fine. You have to, you gotta like, you totally have to think about it from you know different a whole bunch of different perspectives. But you gotta think about it from the party goers perspective. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. As a person who goes to parties, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. And I'm thanking you usually. I'm saying that, that, little, that little gratitude makes you feel special inside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what? That polite gentleman outside. I'll <laughs> spend <laughs> $20. Yo, um, but, uh, I guess we go pull it up to the rapper now. Where can we uh, find you on the socials as, you know, somebody that's inspiring yeah. from hearing all this great knowledge to work? Uh, again, I, you know, I want to say I, think, I appreciate you guys for, for having me on this event. I'm mean, happy to, to be able to speak to you guys and, 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 uh, and you know, I'm in New York on quote-unquote business, but um, I enjoy, I miss the East Coast and I miss being around young hustlers. That that spirit is not everywhere. We have a certain spirit of ourselves, especially with the East Coast, especially as young black men. Mm-hmm. Um, and a day without a connection made or something going towards your purpose is a day wasted. Mm. And I don't want to see any more of us wasting our days. Does it mean you have to overwork yourself? Absolutely not, because you can't work smart if you're not resting. So I want a lot of young women that listen to this, and specifically young black men, to to make make sure you understand that you kind of create your own definition of what success is, and to realize, like I said, there is no job security. So you have to always constantly be figuring out a way to make yourself comfortable. And every single day you have to take, I mean, I don't care if it's Googling your phone, I don't care if it's, you gotta make that uh, a routine to do that. So I wanted to say that in addition to, you know, giving out ways that you can find me, but I, I can't leave anything where I'm giving uh, my perspective without saying that this isn't easy, this is hard. You have to do the work. The one thing that you cannot allow yourself to do is to be disappointed by the actions of others. So you have a team, you have people that are coming on and you're not pulling their weight for that one event, they don't make the next event. Mm. That's it. Don't take it personal. Don't get offended. Don't get sad. You take a loss. If you want to quit, cool. If not, wipe that shit off and get ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. You have to do the work. If you don't plan ahead, then you plan to fail. We've all heard that shit. And you have to plan accordingly. I have a backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan to the backup plan. Because anything can always happen. So being able to take a loss actually makes you appreciate these wins, the wins even more. So I've taken tons of losses. And now when I take losses, my like people are they will never know I'm taking loss. I'm in there laughing, giggling, drinking, having a good time. I'm gonna enjoy myself. I'm not gonna let this you know, 10 grand over there, 15 grand. Okay, cool, that's bad. But I'm gonna enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. I'm alive. What am I complaining about? So I think we have to we have to focus on like I said not uh, being comfortable, not rich. 
You want to be comfortable, especially as men. Just be comfortable. Mm. Focus on being comfortable, not necessarily being rich. That's why I moved to Vegas, because Vegas is comfortable for me. I don't mind traveling and doing all these things. I'm comfortable. If I need to, if everything failed tomorrow and I'm working at McDonald's, I'm comfortable. So that's what you should focus on. Focus on that, not necessarily being rich. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Yusef Yuli, Y-U-S-U-F, Y-U-I-E. If you ever want to, uh, you know, figure out any of the things that I have going on, you can find out and course on my social medias. Um, and, uh, you know, that's pretty much, I keep, you know, everything kind of there. Um, and I'm always down for an email as long as it makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I tell people all the time, my email is on my, is on my social media, but I don't tell people, you know, I'm always down for email as long as it makes sense. But, you know, I tell a lot of my peers, like, you know, don't take no's personal. If you are trying to win in spite of someone else, that karma is shit. You know what I'm saying? Try to win, win for yourself. Don't win trying to prove others wrong. That was the one thing I used to do when I was younger. My whole thing was about trying to prove other people wrong. And so from 25 to 30, I realized, like, let's see how I focus on my own thing. To not take no's personally. To not be chasing yeses. To not chase a yes. Listen, the boys are going to help you, they help you. They can't. You're on your own. So that's my unscripted kind of advice that I would give to every creative. To keep creating, keep doing what you're doing. Do not waste your days. Every single day should be a day that you should make at least some form of connection that leads to you being comfortable. By the time you get to my age at 30, by the time you make that last five-year plan, 30, 35, you retire. I'm trying to, I want to inspire the generation that's retired at 35. Mm. That work is optional by 35. That's where I want us to be. It's the option. That's what I want to do. If we really listen to the whole, then we should we should pick that up. By the age 35, 36, he was comfortable. That's fair. Then try to, I feel like that's when each other retired. He was about 35, 36. A little under 40, yo. <laughs> so, that's there that's you go. That's what Drake said. I'm retired at 35. It's already funded. Yeah. You know what I mean? There you go. But yo, shout out, man. Shout out to you, Seth. This is definitely uh, an Hope I didn't ramble too much, man. Hope I didn't ramble too much. Nah, man. <laughs> all, all these keys dropped were definitely... Um, uh, we needed to hear it personally. I'm pretty sure our audience is going to love it, man. So thanks again. Keep doing what you're doing. We need more leaders, more people out here killing it, more people out here um, expanding their business, um, breaking down the doors like you. So, yes. you know, we're going to have our full, full support. And uh, thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. Keep it. Yeah, man. Yeah, stay driven, y'all. Stay driven.